excuse me just a second. I had to get dressed here before we start. You know, things have a way of shifting around. That's how this talk starts this morning. I'm going to ask you to stop a few things. Anybody here had just enough shame to last you the rest of your life? Anybody? So I want you to look at somebody by you and say, I've had just enough. I've had just enough. I've had just enough shame to last me the rest of my life. So today I'm going to make a different choice about this. So as we begin to think about this, so it's one thing to say it. It's another thing entirely to live it out. When somebody says, hey, are you going out looking like that? What, what, what happens to our inner world when we hear that? Oh, what if you just said, I am? Get a sense of it. Have you looked in the mirror? Actually, I didn't, but I see it's horrifying you. <laughs> That must be painful. Get a sense of this. It looks good on you, the way that laughter just came right through you. This is what an experience of being free would be. So as we go through this day, then, and we claim that there is a chance for me to live the rest of my days, at least a portion of the rest of my days, with less shame than I have lived until now. Would that be okay with you? So it starts then, this book Y'all into the book? Daring greatly? Dare greatly. Now, this is going to look very different. If you go home and start applying this with your family, they'll think you're on a new medication. (laughs) They won't recognize you. Or they'll think probably you're in meditation classes again. When you stop reacting to them, when when you have dewired the buttons, you know, our buttons that they start to push, it's just... We're the ones that wired them, so guess who can unwire them? We pushed the buttons in there, then gave them the code for the buttons. That says, hey, if you say this to me, I'll do this. If you look at me that way, then I'll do that. So in your bulletin, this is your takeaway. We'll be going through a few of them today. And it starts with a long list of quits. Quits. Quitting. Stopping. The first one is looking perfect. You can see I have no trouble with that. (laughs) I'm into comfort. I'm into what rolls up in a bag and comes out looking like it wasn't in a bag. (laughs) Washable. Can you relate? Well, those of you that are still into this, be free in that. You don't need or want to do it like Martha Creek does it. It would hurt you. But do it the way you do it, that enlivens your soul, that inspires your soul, instead of drains your spirit. So begin to get a sense of what gives you life, gives you lift, things you're interested in. And quit doing things that don't interest you. So some of you that still think you need to look perfect, reach up and like mess your hair up. Go ahead, go ahead. It won't kill you. I want you to try it. See? See, now look, look at somebody. Let them look at you. See, that nobody's running out screaming. <laughs> Nobody fell over. 
So there's a possibility that there's something truer about us than our hairdo. Or the fancy designer glasses we wear so you'll think something of me. It's like nothing against designer glasses. Wear them. I just don't want my peace hinging on it. I don't want my peace of mind hinging on that identity and that what I think it will get me. My peace of mind is too important to me, too valuable to me. And the day we want that peace, the day we want that peace, that you want that peace more than you want anything else, their approval, their appreciation, their acknowledgement, is the day you'll take that road. It says, okay, that hurts, it's painful, it's stressful. It's also impossible to do. Look at all the effort you have made to show up as perfect, and how'd it go? Just saying. So what if you directed that energy towards something that interests you, your own goals for your life, the only life you have? You know, I used to say I'm an accountant also, and... I used to say I would be at the end of my life, looking back on my life, reflecting about my life, and I would see it in a bar chart. Anybody know what a bar chart is? Where it measures like where things went. And I couldn't bear how much time of this life that was going to be spent doing some of the things I was doing. I didn't want to think about that, that I'm going to be at the end of my life saying, yeah, I'm really glad how much time I spent under those hot rollers doing my hair, whatever it is, chasing around after approval instead of innovating, creating, expressing, serving something that gives me lift, something that I'm here to do, something I can look back on my life and say, glad I did that. That was a wise use of time for this life. That was a wise use of resources for that. The same thing could apply to the way we use money, the energy of money. There's a story in some of my talks about somebody really mad at me because she heard me talk and I used the scripture that day about things being possible, that all things are possible. And she heard it as shame-based that I was saying to her something's possible that she didn't believe was possible. And we used to go on a a Unity of Louisville's where I was at the time, and we went on an annual cruise together. And she said, just because you can go on a cruise doesn't mean everybody can go on a cruise. Do you have a question for me? (laughs) I just don't believe that you can't go. You believe you can't go. I don't believe that. That's all that's, that's the only difference we have here. So she said, I'm going to bring in my finances and prove to you why I can't go. Okay. Bring in all the evidence you've got. So she brought it in. I was teaching Dave Ramsey then at the college in the Unity of, Unity of Louisville Church and in the University of Louisville. So I was very familiar with the tenets of this um, 
looking at where money leaks and energy leaks off and things that don't interest us. So she brought in what she's spending, and I said, okay. Like right here, your newspaper. She said, I'm not giving up the newspaper. Just because you don't read doesn't mean I'm not going to read the newspaper. I said, I'm not asking you to give it up. I'm just pointing out you want a newspaper more than you want a cruise. $25 a month back then. It's been a long time. Then she said, the truth is, I don't even bring it in the house. I pick it up off the porch and put it in a recycle bin on the porch. Now, you and me are doing something about like that right now. Just find it. No shame. Remember, we're, we're, this is a shame-free zone. Just wake up. And I said, the next item on the list was cable. I am not giving up cable. Just because you don't watch TV doesn't mean I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not asking you to give up cable. Just pointing out, you want cable more than you want a cruise. It was $90 back then. 90 times 12. Anybody? 90 times 12. $1,000, roughly. The cruise was 560 Then she said, I said, what's this next line item? It was free spending, which you know that you've got to give yourself. If you're doing a financial plan or budget or something, there's got to be some free money in there, money you can just blow so you don't feel so bound up in that. She had a large bit of money in that on the salary she had. And she said, when I said, now tell me about this, she said, I am not giving up Starbucks. Again, I'm not asking you to give up Starbucks. And it was what she was spending at Starbucks, claiming she wanted to lose weight, a loaded up coffee and a scone five days a week. Do the math on the calories. That, that didn't include a meal. I mean, that was in addition to meals. And it was $1,600 a year. So just where are we leaking energy? Where are we putting things that don't matter to me? And then what are the things in our life that do matter to me that I could direct that energy for? Whether it's money, whether it's prayer, whether it's teaching, preaching, whether it is serving, whether it is feeding 6,000 people, where it is serving here in this ministry that has a way of reaching the whole of the world, right here through the unity on the bay in Miami. You have a, a, a place in the world to actually change, um, the, change humanity, and you're at it. So quitting, another quit is to stop judging yourself. What would that be like? Get a sense of walking up to a mirror and looking in it and just observing what is there without judging what is there. Can you go there? Get a sense of it in your body. So imagine now you're in front of a mirror looking at it as it is and what it would be like to simply observe it as it is without judging it what would that be like describe it 
Say it out loud. Freer. Calmer. Happier. Brand new. A radically new way. A new framework. A paradigm shift. A breakthrough. Are you willing for a breakthrough or two? So to keep judging yourself means more stress, more pain, more suffering, more shame. To observe things, to observe self as it is, you don't have to like it. You don't have to love it. You also don't have to judge it. And then believe the judgments you made up about it. What about if you stopped believing in such a thing as failure? That it's possible to fail. So to continue to believe in failure makes you God. It says, I know how it ought to go. So who needs God when we've got you? Who needs God when you've got me to run the show? That says, now this is how this ought to go. And if it goes that way, I'll call it a success. If it doesn't go that way, I'll call it a failure. And I'll be irritated all the way to the grave. So who just did that to me? Who just did that? This is good news. So get a sense then if you couldn't call anything failure. If you had no reference for it, that you understood it's not possible, you don't have the power to fail. Thy will be done. So it has to go as it goes. You remember the stories of Thomas Edison? How many times he failed to find electricity? Babe Ruth had the most strikeouts in history and the most home runs. So what if you didn't mind? Like we're here in this human form, we're here in this humanity under the laws of the physical and to have human learning processes. It's all based on trial and error. You touch a stove, it burns you. We learn. We do any number of things. It informs us. We learn. What if you just stop calling any of it a failure? Now get a, take a big deep breath here. And see what it would be like if you were not afraid of failure. If you suddenly this morning became fearless of failure, what would be the outcome of that? What would be an effect of that if you stopped being afraid of failure? See if you can describe it. Freedom. Lighter. You'd be successful all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, you just struck out. It's like, somebody had to. <laughs> May as well be me. We all take turns here. 
Well, you got terminated from a job. It's like, welcome to the planet. We all take turns. Anybody here that's not been terminated from a job? Look around, people. You've not had your turn yet, honey. Just hang on. <laughs> We're here for you. We've got experience, things you can draw on. It's just go back to that time where they said, hey, it's not going to work out. And if you were free of shame in that moment, how would you have been with them? And losing those jobs are about like losing those partners we had that we knew to lose and were too afraid to do it. Then life did it for us, and then we're doing a happy dance. You know, the happy dance comes down the road after you look back with a new frame. Like, yeah, life did for me what I wouldn't do for myself. Life got me out of that. Life got me out of that job. Life got me out of that office. Life got me out of that situation and put me right where I had to be, only totally where I needed to be. What if you stopped minding that you have fear? What if you accepted that fear is a part of the human learning process? That fear is hardwired in us. That fear is natural, normal. And if you had no shame about being afraid, if you could speak about it. Fear, as it's a part of my humanity. It's a part of the human phenomena. So get a sense of that. Being free of that fear. And being afraid to have fear. So I can have fear and fear not have me. Get a sense of the difference. And then our starts. Start looking like you look. Can you get a sense of the freedom in that? If you just made do with what you got. If we started doing just what interests me. Is this a goal for my own life? Will I look back on my deathbed and say, I'm glad I did that. Or wish I had of. And to start accepting imperfection that imperfection is normal you have made up what perfection is and then there's reality guess who's off so what if you just aligned with what is again you don't have to like it or love it but you're going to suffer until you align with the way of it what if you st started measuring what you have instead of what you don't? This much life, this much pain, this much challenge, this much struggle. But what are we blinded by if we don't circuit break that? then the whole focus is on what I don't have, what I didn't get, the pain of it. And what if you started making room for humanity? 
making room for your own humanity. Shamelessly. Get a sense of being free. And see if you can say it out loud. I am free. I am free. I am free. Now tell somebody. You know, I am free. I am free. Tell them, I have another option. There is another option for me. And today, right here, right now, I'm going to start that option. So will there be challenges in our life? All together? Yes. And you're equipped for it. I'm equipped for it. You're equipped for it. Just like everything that's happened up till now. As painful as it was. As challenging as it was. You did it. You were equipped for it. You are equipped for it. I love you and cannot help it. I pray for you and with you. And I want us to take a minute here and uplift Reverend Chris Jackson. He's been here Friday night, all day yesterday, with a group of 25 or 30 of the board, staff, key leaders, putting in more time for the benefit of you, your life, this ministry, what you're possible here. And he disclosed in that time together that he prays for you. Those in attendance here, those in membership here, those serving here, every single day, you're being prayed for. I want you to get a sense of what that means. And let's send a prayer out for him this morning. So from the love in our heart, for the leadership here, for Reverend Chris and Reverend Juan, all the staff, this board, these congregants, this attendance here, the people in membership, the people understanding the call of their own heart and fulfilling that. This unity on the bay and its mighty, mighty powerful force for innovation, for evolution, for inclusion, what it stands for, the actions it takes toward fulfillment. We give great thanks and lift it up in mighty and powerful ways in gratitude and joy. And so it is. And I'm sure that some of you, most of you are thinking, I just didn't get enough of Martha. So this afternoon, she's having her workshop, and uh, there's more information in the bulletin, and you can come and be a part of that also. Uh, with that, um, as our ushers come forward, I wanted to um, remind you, I think a few weeks ago, you may have heard Reverend Chris talked about uh, how we have been getting support from a lot of Unity churches uh, when they found out about our recovery process here from Hurricane Irma. And he may have told you about one community, specifically Unity of Harrisburg. Unity of Harrisburg, the board of trustees there and the minister uh, made the decision to tithe um, to Unity on the Bay for the ways in which we have supported the movement. And uh, their congregation heard about it. 
And their congregation also wanted to, were very grateful for that uh, expression of generosity and wanted to be a part of that in an even bigger way. And so uh, the tithe that was about $1,600 through the support of their community became what is now we're going to be receiving $4,980 from that community. And I have to tell you that one most beautiful things about that is just how grateful the minister of that community is that their community is showing up in generosity. And it's a wonderful thing for us to see how generosity begets generosity, and it's a growing movement, right? And so I'm going to invite you to just uh, feel in and take in that there are beautiful expressions of generosity out in the world, and they are blessing all of us here this morning. And just breathe into that as you prepare your love offering. And infuse your love offering with that same spirit of gratitude, of generosity, of an awareness of God as our source. And I invite you to now speak our love offering blessing. Divine love that I am, blesses all that I give and all that I receive. Amen.